Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm Liana. I'm a licensed therapist and your host. So today I got asked to talk about my journey and becoming a therapist and how one does it. And my story is obviously unique and different than other people's stories because we all get into this in different ways, whether it's different school programs or trainings But um, a listener asked me to explain my history and my background with how I became a licensed mental health counselor, which honestly I thought was a great question because I wish I knew someone earlier that was in this field that to kind of like tell me how to get into this because I thought you had to get a PhD and be a psychologist and that was it. So I think this is going to be really beneficial for aspiring therapists And it's good to know if you're a friend or partner of a therapist, right? Like, so you kind of can understand what they're bound to go through for school and training, or if you're interested in what it takes to become a therapist, especially if you go to therapy or you're just like kind of interested on like what we have to do. Um, So I'm going to talk about grad school, how I even got there because I was not on that path. I was actually going to be an education major, but we'll get into that. And remember, you can submit your question on Instagram at Let's Be Honest Pod, or you can email them at Let's Be Honest at GoodingWellness.com. Okay, so let's get into story time. How did I know I wanted to be a therapist? I knew I wanted to be a therapist because after going to therapy myself and knowing I definitely had deep empathy, I always wanted to know the why behind human behavior. Like I wanted to know why people experience depression or why people become addicted to drugs and alcohol while other people don't. That would like always intrigued me about just the brain and um, why we are acting these certain behaviors. And I think my own experience in therapy definitely also contributed because I wanted to be that person for someone else like I had, which I think is like a big gift. So in this, I mean, this is kind of like senior year in high school, early college. I didn't really know the difference between a psychologist, a social worker, or mental health counseling was extremely new. And I don't even know if eh, it did exist. I'm sorry, but it was very new. So... I go away to school in undergrad, which, I mean, you can guess there was definitely a lot of partying. And you pair that with someone who doesn't really know what path to take. And I can tell you that they're not showing up for 8 a.m. classes. So I actually went in for social work. And I honestly thought that social work was just all about policy. And I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, to tell you the truth. And then I ended up coming home Actually, before that, I changed my major to teaching because honestly, I saw a lot of people around me going into teaching. So I kind of like assumed that that's kind of what you do. I mean, I don't know about you, but in school, we were only really told about accounting, finance, medical field, psychology, and like teaching. 
that was really it. We didn't really get much uh, education around career goals. So I actually went into teaching, which is so funny now that I look back on it because I bless my friends, God bless my friends who are teachers. I just couldn't and that's okay. And I, I had a gut feeling that it wasn't for me. And I remember exactly where I was when I was in this history class at Queens College thinking I need to go to advising right after this freaking class because I need to change my major. I need to know how I can graduate in four years just so I can eventually go to grad school and figure it out then. So I always feel like things happen for a reason. I remember getting my nails done with my mom and we actually ran into one of our family friends there and she is a licensed mental health counselor. And I was telling her like, I want to maybe go into guidance counseling, school counseling. I don't really know. Like, what is the name for this thing that I want to do? And she said, well, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And she told me all about this. And I thought, holy shit, I didn't even know this existed at all. So I was, I mean, I'm grateful to this day I saw her because it changed everything. And I was able to graduate in four years from undergrad in sociology. And also, pro tip, you don't have to graduate in something like psychology related or sociology related to become a therapist. There were people who graduated their undergrad in like music education or finance or whatever it is. So you might have to take a few prerequisites if needed for grad school, but you do not have to go to undergrad for something in the related field to be a therapist. So I looked into a few master's programs. Again, I still didn't know much. I didn't know what was like the things to look out for. I don't know how I didn't have anxiety around this. And I went kind of between two colleges, both St. John's and Long Island University in Long Island. And I did know people who were licensed mental health counselors as well. And she happened to go to St. John's. So I was like, okay, I can gain information from her about the school. And I attended the open house, which was very, um, very beneficial to meet the professors and to learn more about the program. And so I decided to go with St. John's, which I loved. It was a great program. And I did not have to take the GREs to go, which was fantastic. Um, You did have to have a certain GPA, of course. And so the program there is two and a half years. And that includes going to classes during the summer. So you basically never stopped. And that's all I really knew. And they provided the curriculum for you so that it's not like an undergrad where you're like, what classes do I take next semester? I have no idea. They had it all laid out. Thank God, because who knows? So that made it very easy. And we took classes like group counseling, statistics, research methods, counseling techniques, assessments, treatment planning, I mean, and a whole lot more. And the last year of the program was when we began practicum and internship. So it's kind of like when nurses do their clinicals, we were out in the field. And they basically told us, if you know where you want to go and what type of field you want to go in, then seek it out. And we had to look at it and seek it out ourselves. A lot of times in grad school, you're set up or paired with certain sites. But this was basically like a job interview. Like I had to have my resume, go on an interview, um, do the whole thing. 
And at that point, I was really interested in addiction. So that's all I knew. Again, I didn't know much about like inpatients, outpatients, different types of level of care. I knew about private practice, but that's really it. I just knew I was very interested in addiction. So the first semester of practicum, we had to do 100 hours, which is like one day a week. And then the last two semesters of school were 300 hours each. So I was basically at my internship about like three days a week. And I was very committed to my internship. I mean, I was definitely interested in working there after graduation. And because I was so interested in addiction, I was able to stay and chose to stay at the placement for the three semesters. And one thing I will say is don't put pressure on yourself to know where you want to go, right? Like I interviewed at agencies that saw kids only. I interviewed at a private practice. I interviewed, where else did I interview? I'm not sure, but I saw a variety types of places and learned about them and asked questions about what it's like. And I almost took the one when the, the agency that saw kids and not, I don't work with kids today. Not my, not my vibe. I give a lot of kudos to the people who do. God bless you. And I mean, I, it's just not in my scope. So I ended up choosing the drug and out, alcohol outpatient um, in Long Island called Seafield. Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. We believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it, which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. Our counseling services are available throughout New York State through our teletherapy service, and we also offer in-person sessions in our beautiful offices here on Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631-351-2940. Remember, there's nothing that you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep it honest. This episode is sponsored by Mountainside Treatment Center. Mountainside Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed behavioral health work specializing in individualized alcohol and drug rehabilitation programs and services. Our main campus, located in Connecticut, offers private detox, residential, extended care, and intensive outpatient services. Mountainside is also close to home with locations in Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, in addition to virtual services throughout the state of Massachusetts. We also have a hub for recovery in Chelsea, Manhattan, offering recovery coaching, family recovery coaching, sober events, and support groups. Check us out at mountainside.com. So that's one thing I will say. Don't put the pressure on yourself. During the last year, it was mainly interning the last, no, I'm sorry, the last semester of grad school. You're mainly interning. You're going to seminar classes where you're kind of just talking about your internship, which was really cool because you got to get feedback from your other classmates about their experiences in internship. And they gave you feedback about their your experiences in internship. And it was a place for us to process our clients and internship, was, which was probably my favorite part. 
So I feel like when I was an internship, I grew the most during this time. It was definitely a time that I came out of my shell because I think I adopted that mindset of, well, I'm an intern. They probably think I'm annoying and that like, I'm just here and doing brunt work, but everyone there, we're interns. Like that's something also to remember. If you're in this field of social work or mental health counseling, everyone that you're around in your internship was also an intern. So they actually had a lot of empathy and were there for me. And it was a really great time. And I was forced to push myself, right? Like I was all of a sudden doing men's evening group therapy, um, people who were looking to remain sober. And I was building up my skills. I was, you know, I was really pushing myself. And I think that was a transformative time for me, even just as a person. And the biggest part at the end of that was advocating for what I wanted after graduation, aka a job. And I did. And I tell that to people who are getting ready to graduate college. I'm sorry, graduate their master's program. And they really want to stay at their internships. Like I tell them, have you asked them about an open position? Have you let them know that you're interested in staying, right? Like they don't know. They might think that you want to go off and do private practice or go off and I don't know, go anywhere else. They have no idea. So like, let them know that you are interested. And I did that. I told the clinical director, this is what I wanted. I'm interested. And because of showing my abilities, I was offered a full-time position post-graduation. So that's just internship. I'm not even done with grad school right now. So in order to graduate grad school, we had to take this exam called the CPCE exam. Don't ask me what that stands for. Basically, it's all the information from grad school in one big exam, multiple choice. Sounds scary. It wasn't bad. Um, you do have to know your stuff. So that's just to graduate grad school. Now, post-graduation is where the annoying stuff happens. This is when you are working towards your full licensure. So at this point, you just have a, not just, you have a master's in, for me, clinical mental health counseling, but I'm not licensed yet. So you have a three-year period to get 3,000 working hours with supervision and take a licensing exam. So if you do the math, 3,000 hours is working full-time for like a year and a half. It's not that bad. You're doing it anyway. It's really not that long. And we all know that trying to send paperwork up to Albany to get verification of your pre-licensure is the most annoying thing ever. So you're working, you know, I was working at the drug and alcohol outpatient getting hours. And I wish I could say the licensing exam wasn't bad, but it was anyone who knows my experience with the licensing exam, it was the bane of my existence. I would suggest to anyone graduating, whether it be from social work or mental health counseling, grad school, take the exam closer to when you have graduated. Like as soon as you're pre-licensed, take the exam if you can. Well, I think social work, you're not able to, whatever. But mental health counseling, I'd suggest doing it because it's a lot of information that you learned in grad school that ends up going away when you're working in your placement, right? Like I was doing things the way that I was in the place that I was working and the way they were telling me to do things, right? I was only exposed to the addiction population, not like, I don't know, 
kids or schools or whatever it is that they might be testing me on or personality disorders. So definitely take it closer to when you were in school. And it took me a few times to pass the test. Like, I want to be honest, it really did. I realized I have test anxiety, wouldn't you know? And I had to, I mean, I don't know how I just kept taking it. I was just like, I'm going to do it. I honestly thought that I was going to switch fields because I just couldn't pass it. You know, like I knew my information back and forth. That was not the issue, but it was the test anxiety and I couldn't even control it. Like I would sit down and my hands were shaking. I would sit in my car and meditate beforehand. It would not help. And I was like, finally, I did something different. I got this other um, studying program that would refund your money if you failed. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do that. And that's how I passed. It's all about learning how to take the test, not just about the information. Now they've changed the test, of course, and it's much different. So I am happy for everyone who are bound to, who's bound to take it. So I finally passed. God bless all of our souls. Once I completed my hours after one and a half years of working full time, I submitted those <clears throat> to the state. And when I passed the test, the state is, was informed and they provide you your licensure. And I was the happiest person known to mankind. Okay. So, I mean, that's an, it in a nutshell. That's kind of what it looks like to become a therapist or let's let me say that differently that's what it looked like for me to become a therapist so I went from social work to elementary ed back to I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do I just want to graduate and then finally mental health counseling and I would not do anything differently um and I wish someone told me these steps. I really had no idea. My grad school program was fantastic on laying it all out for you and preparing you. But I don't think they talk about this stuff enough in, in high school or college and like all the different avenues that you can go. I'm still learning more avenues that you can go today. So there's so much out there. And I think that's why I really enjoy speaking with aspiring therapists or mental health counselors in school now because... I know what it's like to not know what the F you're going to do. So it's okay to not know what the F you're going to do. Give yourself grace. I still sometimes can't believe I'm sitting here with the license over there and living out what I wanted to do when I was 17. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Let me know if you are interested in becoming a therapist or if you're in school to become one, or you're not sure, or you just enjoyed this, or maybe this gave you more insight because your friend or your partner are therapists. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Let's Be Honest. Follow the podcast and submit your question to be answered on the pod at Let's Be Honest Pod on Instagram. If you're liking the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Head to the show notes for all the links and information for what we discussed today. See you next time.